Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. Today we're looking at a parable, specifically the parable of the ten virgins. Now this is only 13 verses found in Matthew chapter 25, so I'm going to invite you to follow along as I read it for us. Starting in verse 1, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who look at their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other ten virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Now, on the surface, I think we can all agree that the ten virgins is a parable about the preparation for the Lord's coming, about making sure that we are prepared. In fact, the warning that Jesus ends with is, you don't know when or at what time, and so you must always be ready. And so that's the big takeaway. But I think some insights into the ancient culture can help us understand a little bit more about what Jesus is trying to communicate. So in Jesus's day and culture, the process for a marriage and building a new life together as man and wife is different than how we are used to seeing it today. First of all, the bridegroom would become betrothed to his Uh, We would call it a fiancé, but at that point, effectively, they were considered married, even though they hadn't consummated yet. And so the bridegroom, after being betrothed, would leave to prepare a new house uh, for him and his wife to live in. Oftentimes, this was constructed nearby or even next to his father's house because keeping the family close together, the wife became part of her husband's family. That was part of the culture. And so this also gives us a little bit of insight into what Jesus means when he says, in my father's house are many mansions and I go to prepare a place for you. It's this bridegroom imagery of him going away to build onto or add onto his father's house. And so when the bridegroom would leave, he would go into construction and he would help build or, or have built a new home. And this process was a process that could take uh, any amount of time, really. It, It depended on the resources and the size and all these other things. And so the bridegroom would be gone for an indeterminate amount of time. And so the bride and her wedding party did not know when the bridegroom exactly was going to return. It could be on schedule. It could be after schedule or anything in between. 
And so it all depended on when construction was complete. And because of these many factors, he might be delayed. And so they must always be ready because they just don't know when the bridegroom is going to return and it's going to be time to return with the bridegroom to their new home and to celebrate their marriage. So the big question is not that this is a parable about being ready for Jesus's return because it could be at any time. That's been the traditional interpretation from basically the apostles on. But the big questions for us are to to dive in a little bit more deeply and ask what exactly does it mean to be ready and also trying to understand what is this feast, this marriage supper that these five foolish virgins are missing out on because understanding what's going on here will help us ask some interpretive questions about the identity of the wise and the foolish virgins. So for instance, It would be tempting, and I'm sure that there are those out there who would say that this is a cut-and-dried example of the five wise virgins being true Christians who are ready at Jesus' return, and the foolish virgins are unbelievers. There are those who are caught unawares and are not ready for Jesus' return, and they would give evidence of this by Jesus saying, I never knew you, right? The, The problem with that is that Jesus begins his parable by saying that the kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins. So these five foolish virgins are also, according to Jesus, part of the kingdom of heaven. Now that's problematic if you don't believe in universalism, which is to say everybody goes to heaven, no matter what they believe, and if you are trying to say that these five virgins are who are unwise are unbelievers. How can unbelievers be part of the kingdom of heaven? So I think understanding a little bit more about this idea of a marriage supper might give us a little more insight because in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, I believe, John writes about an actual marriage supper of the Lamb that is going to take place with the church, which is called the Bride of Christ, after Jesus returns to collect his church to himself, to take his bride home. To this place that he has prepared in heaven. Now, if the marriage supper of the Lamb is a once in, in all of history unique event where those who are prepared and who have lived righteously as Christians are allowed to celebrate with Jesus, and those who are not ready or are not properly clothed are not allowed to participate. That could explain the distinction in this parable between the virgins not being true, truly part of the bridegroom's uh, or, or the bride's entourage and not, but being wise versus foolish. Because in Revelation 19, it specifically says that the white garments of those who are at the marriage supper are the righteous deeds of the saints, implying, I think, that part of how we are prepared preparing ourselves to be a guest at this marriage supper, this once in all of history event, is by living our Christian lives well. You see, you couldn't just show up to a marriage feast wearing whatever. You had to be properly attired. And for certain Christians, I think we won't be. I don't think we've lived lives that would basically indicate that we are ready and have clothed ourselves, if you will pardon the analogy, in 
the kind of living that would make us ready for this kind of a celebration, while others among us will have. And so those of us who are ready, always, who are living every single day, as if today could be the day that our bridegroom comes back and this marriage supper takes place, well, we're going to be much more careful about how we live, and therefore, we're going to, in a sense, always be dressed for the wedding, always be dressed for this marriage supper, versus those who may not be. So it's an interesting take on this parable, and one I hope that you will consider and give some more study and thought to. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and I will look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another Fruit Snacks. 